I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious trips. With that being said, let's get into today's topic. The towns that house art. So we talk a lot about New York City or like LA or Chicago or like London, like the big cities that hold the places where dance and theater happens. But I don't know if we spend a lot of time talking about how it affects those cities or the smaller towns that really are affected by theater companies being there or dance companies being there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like we kind of mentioned on a couple of episodes, like, and on one with the pandemic, like talking about the amount of money that Broadway alone brings into the state of New York, never mind the city, but the entire state um, and the amount of people that it employs. But, you know, we can talk about the big cities for sure, but I think it's way more evident, but I think it's important to think about the smaller towns or the smaller cities that have Mm -hmm. arts programs and dance programs and, and what that does actually do financially to these, these towns and cities, but also for the people of the towns and cities. Oh, absolutely. And like, Let's let's start uh, the bigger of the small and work our way down the festival circuit. So like there are some artists, musicians in particular that like only work the festival circuit. Like, and I'm not even talking like your birthday bash or SummerSlam, like your massive ones. I'm talking about the smaller ones in the Colorado Valley. Like uh, Hudson Valley has a couple small ones. Like here we. Um, New York City, we have, it's not Global Citizens. What's the other one That's uh, that was a few weeks ago on Randall's Island? Oh, GovBall? GovBall, Governor's Ball. If you're outside of New York, you may or may not even know that. Like there's, and because they have varying ranges of really big talent and smaller talent. Um, I know there are a lot in Montana, like the Montana Music Festival is one of my favorite. I do love country music, don't hate me. But it's like a giant country music festival. And it's like, these towns are basically, you're on the highway, a town appears, and in that giant field, there's a music festival that happens there once a year. You know, so festivals are literally like, the bread and butter for some of these like mountain towns or like farming towns, they literally throw up a stage, throw up some speakers and hundreds of people flock to this little town. So like the hotels, the restaurants, they all get a big boom. And even some like the subsequent towns next to these will get a big boom from just these festivals being there every summer. Yeah, because what it does is so it like you pay for the festival, right? So already like, you know, the festival itself will make money, but part of that money goes back into, you know, the city or the town or the state. And then on top of that, a lot of the vendors that go to these are usually local vendors. So Mm -hmm. money's going into their pockets. And then it's a lot of what people come in and they stay. So they're, they're doing Airbnbs, they're doing hotels, they're renting cars, they're going out to eat. Um, It just just does bring a financial boom to um, two cities and states and, 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 you know, counties and, and 
towns or whatever when these do occur. And so when you kind of pop down from festivals, because those kind of travel throughout, you get theater companies associated with smaller towns Mm -hmm. or dance companies associated with smaller towns that like, that is the only thing that's there. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And in particular, like I think of um, uh, Jacob's Pillow, which is literally on the side of a mountain. (laughs) For sure. And and it's, it's only them in the town. But that town without Jacob's Bella would not nearly be as functioning or as practical or a reason why people go there at all. Um, I also think of uh, Peach State down in Valdosta, Georgia. They, it's a theater company. It's a summer theater company. And so for a good while, they were on Tabby Island. Um, And after like contracts expired, they moved back inland to Valdosta, Georgia. And like, Valdosta, Georgia is a random town in the middle of Georgia. Like you're not gonna, no one is choosing to go to Valdosta, but there is, they built a theme park. And so there's performers at the theme park that draws in a crowd. And then there's Peach State Theater that performs three musicals in a rep for the entire summer. Mm-hmm. So there are constantly people who want a small vacation. My family's done it a couple of times where we were like, we had with my niece and nephew, they're young. We're like, we can't do a major vacation, but we can do a four hour car ride yeah. to like somewhere, see some theaters, see some shows. Like, but these towns need places like Peach State yeah. or like they need places like Jacob's Pillow to the point where like their government funding for the arts gets poured into these companies Mm-hmm. Because they make them live, like they make them thrive. Right, because then in turn, these companies are bringing in people that need housing and and food and lodging and you know t- ticket sales and all of that, which are going in. So they are huge, and there are a lot, a lot of theater and dance companies that are kind of quote unquote in the middle of nowhere, right? Like I can think of so many off the top of my head, and a lot of that too has to do with space. And then for them, it's it's less money for mm-hmm. them you know, to be able to rent, to rent that space or house spacing on that. Um, And these towns really do um, survive on and um, what's the word I'm thinking of, like survive, thrive and um, um, depend on these theater, these theater and, and dance programs to, you know, know that, okay, I can run my business in the fall, winter, spring, because I'm gonna make enough money during the summer or I'm gonna make enough money from the summer through into the fall to survive the winter and the spring, right? Or whatever these are, you know what I mean? Um, Cause a lot of these smaller ones of the range that Tony and I are specifically talking about right now, a lot of them, you know, there'll be more summer stocks or seasonals, mm-hmm. right? They might be like hot summer stocks plus holidays, right? A lot, there's a lot of companies yes. who do that. Or a lot of companies do like summer stock into the fall. So they'll do like, they'll do like, May or June through um through like October yeah. and then they'll do like a short little stint in the end of November until the new year and then nothing again till May or June right and oh, yeah. um they do depend on these companies to be the ones that are profitable during that time oh and was, and like sometimes because like I did that when I did Beauty and the Beast out in Long Island we were the Christmas show 
like we were everyone came to see beauty and beast for the christmas like we it was like the family show we actually had shows on christmas eve oh we can talk about that later but like we but when i told you we were selling out to families being like oh we're taking the kids to see beauty and the beast this christmas or you know we finished our christmas shopping and then we came to see your show or we were out looking at christmas lights and we came to see your show like and this is literally a small town in long island right i was gonna say especially like a situation like that like i remember you saying it was like out east in long island where like people don't want to have to especially during the holidays travel into manhattan and let me tell you my family is from long island you don't leave long island like they do not leave eastern long island um and and that's like that's just such like a cultural thing um but it is incredibly important and I think sometimes that a lot of people don't understand like just how important these programs and these venues are and how much money you know is being given back into the communities because of these and I think it's you know people are saying like save this theater you see petitions online like save this theater, save this program, it's not only benefiting the people that work there or perform there, but also a lot of money gets poured out into the community from those programs. Yes. And if those programs aren't there, that's less money that the businesses around them are making. Um, This is so silly, but I'm even thinking about like growing up, I did a lot of um, shows and programs with the Helen Hayes Youth Theater. And so the Helen Hayes Theater used to, I don't believe it doesn't exist anymore, used to be an equity house in Nyack, New York, which is about 30 minutes outside of Manhattan um, in Rockland County. And they would do a lot of, you know, kind of like equated to like your paper mill, playhouse, stuff like that. Like a lot of, um, you know, regional equity contracts. It was an equity house. And they also had the Helen Hayes Youth Theater Program, which was like this massive, massive youth theater program. Um, A lot of like, actors and people went there um and I'm thinking about like when I would just do youth theater programs with them like how many times on a Saturday would I be there all day to be like okay it's our lunch break and all of us as like kids and teenagers would go because we were already in downtown like if anyone listening is familiar with the geography you're already in downtown Nyack which is a cute adorable walking town we would just go out and we would go to the pizza place and we would go to the convenience store and get candy and sodas and you know like we were we would be spending money in the community so our parents are paying for us to be part of this program this youth theater program so that was funding the you know the theater and the maintenance and the workers and then we were also giving money because we were going to Starbucks. We're going to the pizza place. We're going to get sandwiches. Uh And that's funding, you know, and like when those programs don't exist, like, yeah, there are a ton of people who still live in Nyack. There's a ton of stuff going on in Nyack, but that was extra people who don't necessarily live there who were just always spending money, you know? I think of the same thing of like my high school theater program. We would always literally go to the Wendy's and the corner store, like around the corner from the school because we were the theater kids. We were always there later than the athletes. So they got to know us because we would literally be like, I need a full meal because I'm starving and we still got two more hours of rehearsal left. You know, or like the corner store, parents dropping off. Like I remember doing Susical and all the little kids that, because we, we did Who's for, we, uh, all the Who's were elementary school kids. So we brought in all these parents dropping off kids. Like my dad brought my little brother and they would literally come in with like 
a bag from the convenience store of like honey buns, chips, Gatorade, water. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, exactly. Until you said, I'm literally like, I know I we kept the lights running in that convenience store because it was in such an odd location that if you were not at the school late, there's no reason for you to go to it. But like as much money as I know we poured into there or like the Chinese buffet, we used to start our music theater cast would always go to Chinese buffet after our shows. Why? I have no clue. But like little things like that, you don't really like when we say save the arts, we're also talking about all these other industries that pour into us yeah, regularly. Save, save the save the community, right? Save the surrounding area. So it is really important. And you know, I hope people kind of start to think more about that as well. When we do say like, don't let the theater shut down, save the arts, let the program continue because it's it's money coming in and out, which benefits everyone. Or even in odd ways, if you've gone to any Christmas tree lighting, mm-hmm. all of the performers for that, a lot of the budget for those decorations comes out of the arts budget for yeah. your local town or city. And when you cut, when you were like, oh, well, we're just going to cut that budget to save money for the town or the city, it is those things that get cut first because it's like, well, we just don't have the money to do the Christmas tree lighting, right? Like it is little things that people don't think about, like your arts, your like local town arts council put money on, put, put on and have the money for. Mm -hmm. Um, So think of that next time you go vote. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, and again, it was, that wasn't even our intention, but it's like, I, no, not at all. But I just thought about it. I was like, so next time you go to vote in your city or your true. town or your state, think about the arts programs. Or just think about how that, how that affects your community. I, I think yeah. that is a big thing that I, that I would love for people to take away from this is like how, how the arts affects your community in ways that you probably don't even realize. 100%. Like touring venues, because I recently I did a trip out to Jersey to see a friend and then in a national tour. Um, and like they were the first show back, and like they had a list of uh like several shows that are coming back for tour because of you know, probably yeah. the tours are back. And like it's a college town, and so it's literally like when the game ends, it's the theater that's right there, and the hotels were either theater people or football people mm-hmm. all the restaurants on the strip and it was like a huge street of nothing but restaurants they were either watching the game or they were coming from or going to see the show and it's like literally it's like towns and restaurants and things like that they're thriving off of that yeah football season's only half the year the rest of the year it's donna summer's coming in or i think they were like million dollar quartet or whatever but like right it's these shows and artists coming in for one day or two nights or a weekend that literally keep the lights on in a lot of these businesses when the weather's bad or you know when it's negative four degrees outside the fact that they had that summer boom you know that's what keep places like that going so i i definitely encourage you to or on the reverse of it even if you're if you're like i've never opposed it look and see where your town's spending their money yeah, yeah, and also, like, maybe you're like, I don't even know, actually, like, what kind of local stuff we have, especially if you live in a smaller city or town. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's a great opportunity to look at, you know, what's going on, what community theater programs, youth theater programs, 
regional theater, dance company programs, um, and even like events, right? Like the events that the town, the town arts council will put on, right? Um, get involved, just know what's going on. Um, and you great, would be surprised how much is happening. Yes, and a great gift that like, and it's something so corny, but a great gift is literally like a subscription or tickets to a local show. It really is though. And it's also great. It's specifically great for couples and specifically great for um, older couples and couples with little kids yes. or just had a baby because then that becomes your date night, right? And so, and it's not every weekend, right? It's maybe once a month, maybe once every other month and you mm-hmm. can pre-plan and it's just like a wonderful thing to like, you plan it in advance, you know when your tickets are going to be for like the whole year and then... um and then like you can plan like a cute date night. And once again, you're most likely with the date night going out for dinner or drinks and mm-hmm. then spending money at a place in the community. And like, cause I, so it's not, it wasn't even like a date night. So I, the dance company, Alvin Ailey, I had started taking classes there and I was teaching, assisting on one of their classes. And I kept bringing it up to my mom. And she was like, back in the seventies, I heard they were great, but I've never seen a show by them. Well, I was working for the company at the time, so I knew they were touring in Atlanta in February, which is my mom's birthday month. So I was just like, I'm pretty sure I can get some cheap tickets. You want to go for your birthday? Yeah. I'm like, you know, daddy's not going to want to go because that's football season for him. She's like, oh, no, but one of my friends will. So like her and her best friend have gone They've every year except for we haven't done the last two years. We haven't done 2020 or 2021, but she's already on me for 22 to be like, I think it's clear enough where I can go. Are we going to yeah. get tickets for Ailey this year? So she's seen like Ailey like three times during their touring show in February where she's like, it's so much fun. I love it. And I'm literally like, oh, okay. And like, I think the second year I, I wasn't even working with them. So it wasn't even discounted tickets, but like the tickets weren't that expensive, but like it, it was a it great really, birthday gift that right. was something really, different for her. It's, exactly. It's something different. It's something people don't think about. It's an experience you can share with a friend, with a partner, mm-hmm. with a family member. And once again, like you're giving money to that organization, that show, that, but you're also giving money to other parts, you know, other parts of the town, right? Because you can, you're like, oh my God, it's once, once a year, once a month, once every other month, you know, once every six months, you can make a date, a date out of it. And one that, like, I don't even, I didn't even, like, now that I'm thinking about this, I didn't realize, like, how much my family pours into the arts in weird ways. My aunt started this when me and my sister were younger. We would always do jazz in the park, Mm. in Piedmont Park in Atlanta. And so, like, my sister's husband, he is a jazz piano, like, he plays every instrument under the bloody sun. So they would gather the whole family and the kids, pack a picnic, wine bottles, whatever, load them up and they would do a giant day in the park listening to jazz in the park where a lot like yes they'll get big artists but like a lot of times it really is just like local artists local Atlanta artists or like on the smaller the festival circuit again you know like and the like again my my niece and nephew are not even 10 yet but like family picnic in the park hanging out and it's all free because it's provided by the city of Atlanta yeah. From their arts council grant money. And I know like there's jazz in the park. There's jazz in the park here in New York city. Like a yeah, lot, and there those are lots programs of jazz are in the like, park. Are so beautiful. Cause again, like a lot of those then are free and you don't have to spend tickets because it is grant money for the arts council. And then, you know, the assumption is like, yeah, I'm going to go buy a snack. Right. Yeah. I'm oh, going to yeah. go end up going out after. Right. 
Um, I'm done because matter of fact, were we? I think we were supposed to go, but I couldn't. But I've done uh, Central here in Central Park the concert series in the park. Were we mm. supposed to go to Backstreet Boys or Spice Girls together? We may have. I think because I was I ended up not being in town. I was like, dang we it, may I missed have. it. Yeah. But like, there's a whole concert series that I would I most I would say if you have a park and an arts council, you probably have a concert series of a park something for, for your sure. park. That I was, and again, if you're like big family, too expensive. These are typically free park events where literally you can pack whatever lunch you want. But like, and even if you're know literally that that's like, your tax dollars working for you, providing right. For you. And that's what it is. Is even if you're like, okay, well, we have too big of a family or little kids, or like, I don't, I don't want to go out to eat after or buy stuff. It's like that's fine. You can literally pack a picnic basket. But exactly, your tax dollars are working for you. You get something out of what you pay into taxes, and who knows what you're going to experience there? Maybe there's a program you want to sign up for, or you want to sign your children up for, <laughs> right? You just, you just never know right maybe someone's like hey I do class, jazz classes every whatever day in the park during the summer right like you just have no idea what's going on and vendors too because like there's always a ice excuse me an ice cream vendor where because like I know the oh, last yeah. two times my sister was furious because I we were there late like it gotten dark out it's summertime so it's like it's dark out but like I bought I bought like my niece the glow in the dark ribbon my nephew like a glow in the dark sword and my sister's like, well, they don't need any more glow things. And I was like, eh, it was like 10 bucks a piece. They're happy and playing with glow right. as we're dancing and listening. So like, I just, I would hate for people to miss out on wonderful moments in your own backyard where the art can truly be magical or something wonderful for you. Sorry, ignore the sirens outside. Yeah, my but it's, you don't need to travel, right? Like you don't need to go to New York. You don't need to go to Chicago, LA, Atlanta, wherever. I mean, of course, those experiences are incredible. And even in those bigger cities, there are the stuff in the park and the free stuff, but there really are incredible programs happening in your town or city, wherever you live. And sometimes it's just like a quick Google or town council website and stuff, but, and it's just an amazing way to expose yourself and the people around you and your family to different types of art and what that means. Mm -hmm. So that brings us to our tip of the week. Uh, This section is all about where we just kind of give a tip to kind of push us through our week. Um, For me, I... (laughs) It's okay. It's okay to just exist and let a day be a day sometimes. Mm, I'm working mm-hmm. with a lot of young artists right now that are like, I should say new artists. They're all college age. So they're not quite children, but they're not quite full on adults yet. And there's a lot of high anxiety as to where the industry currently is and is going and how the industry is recovering. And a lot of them are feeling very disheartened because we are still coming out of a pandemic. Um, and so we're not back to full audiences yet. We're not back to smaller gigs being open. You know, we are still very much in the process when it comes to the arts opening up and they're just feeling very disheartened. And I also know we're rolling into, you know, our, our winter season, our fall and winter season. It's okay to not succeed every day or not every day be great and productive. Sometimes it's just a day where you went to the audition and that was enough. So, you know, or you got the kids out the door and on the way to school on time, you know, or you came home, you cooked dinner and it wasn't terrible. Like there are some days where that's perfectly okay. Absolutely. Um, I would say for me, a little bit in the same vein, um, just kind of letting things like 
like not letting things go, right? Of course, like talk about what's going on, but recognizing that every day is its own individual day, right? So having Mm -hmm. one bad day, one bad day of classes, one bad rehearsal, one not good audition, one, oh no, sorry, I'm not going to cast you in this. It's not going to do your next day. And I think once you realize like, I mean, even myself, for for example, like yesterday, I had like a really horrible day. None of my classes were going well. I was like, I'm here to teach dance. I'm not even teaching. Like, what am I doing here? And then today I walked in and I just was like, it's a brand new day and taught all my classes. And we had a fantastic time. So again, just like realizing that like each day it's its own day, take the days mm-hmm. as you will. Um, and when you do that, there's going to be more joy in your present moment in your present day. And that's going to contribute to further successes for sure. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode. We hope, but we, hope that, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. Episodes come out every Thursday. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We are Point PYT on all social media platforms. I'm your co-host, Danielle Clangelo. And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. See you next week on Point Your Toes, The Adventures of an NYC Dance Teacher.